I asked our deacons this weekend to read the long version, all 37 verses. Did you pay attention? Did you daydream? I always daydream. I did. But if you keep coming back to it, I have it memorized, but if we're distracted, just keep coming back, and that's a prayer in itself. These 37 verses are going to prepare us for around 200 during our passions on Palm Sunday and Good Friday, so now it seems short. But this gospel of the woman at the well is a very beautiful, heartfelt, touching, and gentle gospel. And there's a few things we need to remember about it. First of all, as the Jewish people were waiting for their Messiah, we need to remember that the popular conception of the Messiah is that he would be a mighty conqueror who would kind of ruthlessly crash his way to victory for Israel, irrefutably defeating the enemies of Israel in glory. But in John chapter 4, Jesus, the Messiah, is tired, needs to rest, he's thirsty. This should give us a fresh insight into Jesus, a new hope into Jesus. He truly is like us in all things but sin, our Messiah. Another thing we need to remember is that the timing of this gospel, when this story happens. I know we're, we're all dealing with timing issues today. I was, up at, uh, I was up to see my alarm clock change from 1.59 a.m. to 3 a.m. I always think that's cool when, I, when I'm up for it. It's like, boom, we're, we're, we just lost an hour. It's like seeing your life flash before your eyes. So then I got up at 4.30, and with, with great precision, I changed the time on my stove my microwave, my coffee maker, and my fridge. It was just like I did it four months ago. I remembered how to do it. If, if you need time changed on an appliance, call me. The timing I'm talking about is that the timing of this story is off. The Bible tells us it was noon. Women do not go to a well in the desert at noon to draw water. That's during the heat of the day. People go to the well in the cool of the evening. There they socialize. There they gossip. They gossip and they, they help each other pull water out of the cistern. This woman was hiding from people. And we figure out why. Another thing we need to see in this beautiful story is the progression 
which is our progression in our spiritual life, from conversation to confronting our sin to conversion. Jesus initiates a conversation with this woman. He humbles himself, almost throws himself upon her courtesy to ask for something to drink. Remember, before he died on the cross, some of our Lord's last words were, I thirst. That's why he initiated this conversation by saying, give me something to drink. Our Lord is always thirsty for our love. He's thirsting for our need of him. And when we come to Mass, it's like we're continuing that conversation so that we can maintain that relationship, even in our families. Conversations end, relationships suffer. So in this conversation, which our Lord initiates, he asks for something. Our Lord asks something of us always. She's confronted with her sin. Now notice, Jesus sees her sin. But he also sees a human being who is hurt by her sin. She's affected, that's the word. She's affected by the pain of her sin, and it's changing how she lives in society. And as she accepts her sin, he comforts her. What we see in this gospel is how Jesus, who will be our judge, how he deals with people who admit their sin, how he deals with people who admit their need of him, and it's, it's a surprising thing to her. She's surprised. This woman at the well is surprised, and everything changes, even the reason why she's at the well. My favorite verse of all 37 is this one. You probably didn't think it to be your verse. I love this verse. She left her water jar. Water jars are valuable. But when she encountered Jesus, everything changed. Her physical needs are no longer important because she, her soul was touched. And so she runs into town and she said, you got to see this man who knows me. This woman, who had five husbands, and the man she was living with at the time was not her husband, this woman becomes the first Christian missionary. And because of it, other Samaritans come to believe in him. She witnessed our Lord Jesus as the living water which quenches any thirst we have or any thirst we think we have. And our Lord does it because he is the source of all life. That's why water is blue. I'll leave you with...
I'll leave you with that thought. During my first trip to Israel in 93, Father Richard Makowski taught us how Jewish parents teach their children. We learn why water is blue, maybe in the seventh grade, I don't know. Many of you teach it. Water is blue because the water molecules absorb the red end of the spectrum of visible light that we see. But when a five-year-old asks his mom, why is the water blue? These are more important questions when you're living in a desert. The mother will say, the water is blue because the sky is blue. Well, mom, why is the sky blue? The sky is blue because it reflects the throne of God, which is blue. Why does God sit on a blue throne, mom? The throne of God is blue because it is the source of all life. And the source of our life is Jesus and his mercy. Just like we prayed in the opening prayer, when we are bowed down by our conscience, we will be lifted up by our Lord's mercy. Amen. Let's stand.